Hey everybody, this is Ben with Blue Ribbon Coalition. We're here with episode 36 of the Defend Your Ground podcast. I'm actually here tonight with Simone Griffin, policy director, and Mark Maynard, our board member who is also West Virginia State Senator. Um, we're actually here in Dallas, Texas. We are at the America's Stewards for Liberty Stop 30 by 30 conference. For those of us who follow the work we do at Blue Ribbon Coalition, we do a lot of work to oppose the 30 by 30 agenda, which is really an effort to lock up as much, they say 30% of the land and water of the United States by 2030. And so there's a lot of ways that we fight against that. A lot of the work we do is part of that fight. We're here meeting with a lot of great groups and people who are also fighting against this agenda. And we want to talk a little bit about that and a new resource management plan in Wyoming that we're looking into. And so I'm going to turn the time over to the guests. Let's start with you, Mark. You're here here at the Stop 30 by 30 agenda. Why don't you give us a basic rundown of some things we're learning and people we're connecting with and what are we what are we looking at? It's a great group of people that they've assembled here. And I've met some... Uh, amazing people just tonight at the reception uh, one um, house of representative from wyoming and then a gentleman from uh, oklahoma who told me he helped get a uh, resolution passed at his county commission and a lot of county commissions are doing this and it's something i've never heard of in west virginia uh, we pass resolutions all the time uh, trying to urge Congress to do something, but I've never heard of a county doing it. And it might be common knowledge across the nation, but it's kind of inspired me to, to go back when there's something I want Congress to do to get our county commissions involved. The more we get involved, the better. So that was a good little chat I had with him. Uh, talked to the uh, Deputy Commissioner of Agriculture from Texas, and he's good friends with our Agriculture Commissioner of West Virginia. And if, if our Ag Commissioner hasn't heard about 30 by 30, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, and we'll both have an ally, and I'm sure both be working toward defeating this. Uh, also, some uh, members from Restore Liberty, some just local people from Texas that are interested in land use, and then a, um, a national grassroots roots outreach person here. So the, the, the combination of people they've assembled here has been just wonderful to network with and tell them a little bit about what we do at Blue Ribbon Coalition and also find out what other groups are doing. So it's really, really interesting. Yeah, and so American Stewards for Liberty, I first learned about them quite a few years ago. I was working on some Endangered Species Act related issues, and they do a lot of work there to get either species delisted or for the implementation of the Endangered Species Act to be not so onerous or problematic for private landowners. And so we know that there's a lot of issues that we work on at Blue Ribbon Coalition, where we're working on all these federal agency plans. Almost all of them will have some sort of an Endangered Species Act dimension to it that we've got to manage around. And so, well, and I first met Margaret, their executive director, in Utah um, with the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument Resource Management Plan. So, those of you listening, there is an action alert to go and submit a comment on that. Yeah, and you went to a meeting this week with the BLM. What, did, what were some things you learned about the resource management plan and the Grand Staircase? I mean, not much. There was not, not a whole lot of new information given to us. I mean, they don't really answer a lot of questions. Um, one thing that they did answer, though, alternative D, which is the worst alternative, uh, the monument manager did say that 
that will not be the selected alternative. Um, and so that's good news. I mean, the other two alternatives are still bad, but that we could get a blend of those. So submit a comment. Yeah, that's why they need to hear from the users. They need to hear from our members. They need to hear from everybody because the wilderness crowd that wants alternative D is definitely going to be pressuring them to choose it. And so we need to be pressuring, putting the same amount of pressure back on them to be more reasonable. And so that's a big thing. And national monuments, I think, are one of the top ways they're trying to accomplish the 30 by 30 agenda. And we've been seeing a lot of action on that front. We've talked a lot about those on this podcast. Um, Mark, you mentioned there was a state legislator from Wyoming here. I expected we'd, there'd be some folks from Wyoming here, and I'm glad we are connecting with them. Uh, we've had a resource management plan come out in the last week or so for Rock Springs. So if you're listening and you're in that Rock Springs area. Southern Wyoming, Southern Wyoming Sweetwater County. Yeah. I mean, so the southern portion of Wyoming. So why don't you tell everybody what's going on with this resource management plan and why we, because a lot of, when we hear 30 by 30, I mean, Mark, what was, I mean, what's your basic understanding of what 30 by 30 is? Because well, just basically they're going to uh, close 30% of land and water by the year 2030, the Biden administration. Yeah, and there's, and it's odd because they don't have a legal statutory mandate to do this. There isn't a law anywhere that said, hey, this is now the priority of the country and this is something we're doing. This is an executive order, not based on any statute. And it's really just a marketing campaign that some environmental groups started and now has become national policy through no constitutional process. But they are directing their, through regulatory action and administrative action in federal agencies, they're trying to implement this 30 by 30 agenda because they can't get it passed through Congress in any way, shape, or form. And so the ways they're doing this is really, there isn't some bill, there isn't something like the Wilderness Act. So they're doing it through using the Antiquities Act to make monuments. Uh, we've commented and engaged on hundreds of actions with federal agencies in the last two years. And Simone, what percentage of those would you say have some sort of role to play that they are part of the 30 by 30 100% agenda? 100% of them. Yeah. And so there is so a vegetation treatment in a forest service plan is closing roads closing or roads so that it'll be closed or proposing wilderness areas or areas with wilderness characteristics or areas of critical environmental concern or withdrawing mineral leasing. I mean, there's every, every plan has elements that um, make the land more restrictive to use. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing it too, like in California, they've got some state plans and and that's what's weird. It was like, we don't really know what counts for 30 by 30. I think Utah probably already has 30% of its land and water protected under some sort of yeah, protection so laws law. to protect them. I Utah's mean, probably dozens. closer to 50 or 60%, but they still act like there's more to do there. And so we don't know how they're keeping score. We don't know what this really means, but it, it gets used to justify everything they're doing. And so when we talk about resource plans, when we talk about forest plans, when we talk about travel plans, when any of these things that we're engaging on, it is the 30 by 30 agenda. So Wyoming, 
they're looking yeah. at a BLM plan. We have an action alert out on this too. We'll have that. We'll have the Grand Staircase action alert. We'll have this Wyoming action alert. Uh, what's going on in Wyoming, Simone? So there's 3.7 million acres that they're looking at. So it's a large area. That's the size um, of Bears Ears and the yeah, Grand Staircase. Yeah, no, this Escalante is a National massive plan. area. And to put it all into one plan, I mean, it's just, that's difficult for them. That's a difficult task for anybody to do. And then to actually implement it and enforce the things that they're trying to. I mean, not only is that hard for them to do as the agency, but also this affects so many small little communities in Southern Wyoming. I mean, this is a rural area. There's not huge cities. I mean, the land is their lifeblood. So this affects um, a lot of these small communities. But like I said, so 3.7 million acres. Um, we see three alternatives to the current management. And as always, we've got a really restrictive option, kind of a middle ground option, and then the the option that they say is the least restrictive, but it's like the recreation focused one, but it still restricts some as they always do. Um, so alternative C is the one that we like the best. It doesn't propose any new wilderness, which is rare, but it does still propose um, other forms of wilderness and other forms of um, mineral withdrawals, and it really pushes renewable energy in this plan. So. Um, so with restrictive designations, so they want to designate 1.6 million acres as an ACEC, or so multiple almost ACECs, half. almost half as areas of critical environmental concern, which with our experience with ACECs, that could be really bad for it's the new wilderness, it, like ACEC, because they can't get Congress to designate wilderness. They've already got everything designated as wilderness study area that they can get. We saw in the BLM conservation rule, which is a rule that's still in under analysis, we got lots of comments on that, a lot of engagement, a lot of institutional support where we were building a big coalition of people to oppose that BLM rule. One of the aspects of that BLM rule is what they were acknowledging. This is part of, I think, the Tracy Stone Manning tenure of the BLM that they want to use this ACEC designation within FLIPMA as a tool to enact all these restrictive designations that they can't get done through Congress. And so I've seen ACECs used to prohibit and restrict all kinds of use. If anybody out there is being told that an ACEC is a benign designation and that it still allows recreation or some other thing, like, no, I wouldn't take anybody's word for it. Um, and so the fact that they're wanting to use so many of those designations is hugely problematic for us. There isn't a correlating designation that they use for recreation or anything. No. And so they're not doing, so they're always willing to kind of go the extra mile to accomplish whatever their alleged environmental protection goals are. But then they never, it, and it's odd to me that they have, a restrictive plan and a recreation plan, but this is a resource management plan. So this impacts all the mineral development, impacts the grazing, yep. it's gonna impact the and leasing all for all alternative energy, it's gonna impact recreation. And so it probably explains why I mean, the governor of Wyoming came out strongly opposed to what they were seeing in the original release of this plan. I mean, we've been reached out to by multiple. Yeah, talking to county commissioners and state legislators um, that are engaged in this so I mean 
Wyoming and the people there, the groups, organizations, the elected officials, they're engaging on this. Um, it is funny, so listen to this. They have areas of critical environmental concern. They're wanting to designate wilderness study areas, management areas, and other features. They don't specify that. Um, and then also lands managed to protect wilderness characteristics. That's different than wilderness study areas. Um, managed in accordance with other special designations and management areas. I mean, there's just so many different designations that they're using, um, but this is the funny one. Then they have, they show areas that are managed for multiple use and in alternative B, the most restrictive alternative, it's saying zero acres are going to be managed for multiple use and that is the BLM's mission. Wow. Like, can they so, even legally say that? I mean, that's I, That sounds laughable. like a fun lawsuit. If they want to say zero acres for multiple use, that FLIPMA does mandate multiple use. Well, so. the preferred alternative only has 18,000 acres being managed as for multiple use. Jeez. Yeah, out of 3.7 million acres. Well, so if you're from Wyoming, we need your help. We need you to add your voice to this so we can kind of learn who's paying attention and we can start to build as strong of a coalition as we can because this looks like yet one more federal agency action that we're going to have to take a look, hard look at and really scrutinize at our voice. Um, and you talk to the elected officials and I mean, they'll all tell you that mineral extraction and grazing, that's the lifeblood of their communities and all of the alternatives will affect that. And the BLM is looking to, they think they can supplement those losses with renewable energy. And there's just this huge push through this plan to have what these renewable lands. energy, like wind, wind and solar. They're opening there. So in one of the alternatives, they actually have more land that they're saying is going to be open to, I can't remember if it's wind or solar, but more than what's even currently open for wind or solar. Hmm renewable energy and so they're really trying to push that um but i just the communities the elected officials that i've talked to they just don't think it's going to be viable or that it could supplement the losses that they'll fill when all the other uses are restricted yeah the land managers would probably be okay with this does it make their job easier then if they don't have to deal with uh you know any type of recreational use on the property? Um, I mean, it could, but I think that it, there's a bigger agenda going on. I think there, uh, Wyoming really is a huge energy production state. We get a ton of natural gas from Wyoming, a lot of coal. I think this is tied into the climate agenda that they just don't want Wyoming to be producing that anymore. So they're going to accomplish that. Tank the Wyoming economy. I mean, there's they're, they have like one of the best funded school systems in the country just because they have a low population level and then they have a huge natural resource base that's funding and subsidizing it all. And that's, and so this is just going to gut that if that's really what's happening here. And so I expect we'll see a lot of pushback from the elected officials. And I mean, if you, for the, a resource management plan, I mean, it really is just sort of laying the groundwork for all the other things they'll do, which means usually after this is when we get a travel plan and we start to learn what really is happening with roads and things getting restricted. And the way that'll probably work is the ACECs will close all their roads mm -hmm. in the travel plan well, process and it's that comes even next. worrisome that things next to it. So for example, so the Kilpecker sand dunes are within this area and that's a really sought after recreation area. 
Um, but there's these special management designations right up next to that border. I mean, it's left open, but right up next to it is going to have these restrictive management designations. And so we see that they create buffer zones. And then, I mean, it could affect the Killpecker sand dunes too at some point. Yeah. What do you think it would do to, I know that in Wyoming, there's a really big hunting culture in these areas. There's a lot of migratory herds that go through this. Hunters are usually... My guess is you're not going to be hunting as successfully in these lands if you don't have access into them. If they turn them all into ACEC-based wilderness preserves, um, do you think this will affect the hunting culture in Wyoming? I mean, oh, 100%. I mean, I was told that the preferred alternative was developed with a lot of hunting groups and organizations um, that they were a part of that. And I know there are some that like to be able to hike in to hunt but they're still driving on roads to get to a certain point i mean they're not hiking in through the 3.7 million acres and well and there so, are already some like wilderness areas yeah in the yeah area. yes, so there's there areas that are managed that restrictively for those that want the more primitive yeah no this will affect all users and so if you go into this area you need to be opposing this and supporting i mean i don't love any of the alternatives, but alternative C is the best one with some elements of that could be changed. That's one right. thing I've heard tonight is uh, it's something we don't really discuss much at BRC, but I heard concerns of private land and conservation easements being purchased, then telling these landowners what they can and can't do with their own private land. So that scares me, and it's also a concern of some of the people here. TV. Yeah, and then and that'll affect this Wyoming area, and that's like a huge national push. Is that private landowners are getting pressured or lured into selling their land, and then the for the purposes of putting that land under a conservation easement, that's definitely going to happen in this area in Wyoming. There's a mm -hmm. lot of big ranches out there. There's a lot of There's checkerboard land where that. you have like private property section, and then a public section, and a private property section, and that creates its own management issues. Um, but the use of the tool of the conservation easement is probably the number one way that the 30 by 30 agenda is being enacted outside of the Western public land states. And so, Mark, we're in West Virginia, your state has a lot of private property. You'll see the 30 by 30 agenda in the form of a group like the Nature Conservancy or somebody else buying up old property and then putting it in a conservation easement and then calling it protected. Or the, the example I heard was this gentleman owned his piece of property and he paid like $600 an acre for it. And this conservation group came in and offered him $800 an acre. He still kept his property because I'm sure our listeners are thinking, nobody's going to tell me what to do with my property. But, you know, this conservation group tells this person what he can and can't do with his land, but he makes it attractive. They make it attractive to the, the landowner that where he can still use it for what he wants to, but then the conservation group keeps you from doing things that they don't want you to do, and they pay you for, to do it, and it's a win-win technically for the, the landowner, but in the end, we lose. Yeah, and a lot of times what we find is those contracts are a lot more restrictive than they are originally marketed to be. Um, 
and it's a long game and a lot of times they're really hard. The conservation easements become very permanent and the funding's conditional on agreeing to that. And so if I, and I do own private property, I mean, I would never consider selling to a conservation easement. I don't think that the intentions and the motives of the side that's wanting to purchase those are in the long-term best interest of the country. I think there's a whole lot of other ways to achieve conservation goals that don't involve completely undermining the private property ownership that has made the United States of America what it is. I mean, that's in the Fifth Amendment. We, our country's built on the premise that private property is the foundation of individual liberty. And if you're selling that out to a corporatized interest that wants to take control of property, because that's always been part of human history, is people wanting to control land in some way, shape, or form, it's just a bad idea. So that's why we're here. That's why we are finding ways we can fight back against this 30 by 30 agenda. It's not even a coincidence at all that at the same week we're here that we have this big plan in Wyoming that's just one more example of how it's being implemented, that we need BRC members and others to oppose it. So we'll have that in our comments of how you can do that. And we hope you'll take a look at that and share it with your friends in Wyoming if, they, if we need them to see it. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>